Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Experts Podcast. I couldn't, almost couldn't get it out there, Lana. <laughs> You're sounding a bit husky today, Nick I, I might have had, I might have broken into a couple of reds last hey, night. I feel you. You do? Yeah. You, you, you had a couple? I well, can sympathise. It just makes for a great Friday. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got a special one in today. I know. Excited. We actually interviewed her co co-presenter on 6PR a couple of weeks ago yes. in Michael Genovese. Genovese. Still can't get that part right. <laughs> 180. That's <laughs> it. Her name is Carmen Braidwood. She's the host of the weekends on 6PR, media trainer, media personality background. She's the, she's the person that's running around doing all things media. How are you, Carmen? <laughs> yeah, oh, thanks, Nick. Yeah, I'm really well. I think the way Michael Genovese likes to describe it <laughs> is that I have fingers in a lot of pies. Yes. Yeah. And which, which, which is your favourite pie? Oh, my favourite pie is still radio, without yep. a doubt, and that's why I keep doing it. You know, a weekend gig like that one at 6PR, the weekend brunch, you know, it, it eats into a big chunk of my social life and my time with my family, but yep. I choose to do it because radio is still the thing that just lights me up. I feel a million dollars every time I do a team radio show. It's so much fun. You have a, a really strong radio career, uh, not just here in Western Australia, across in Queensland, and you were part of, and a lot of people that will be listening will remember the 96FM, you and Fitzy. Yeah. And how you guys, you know, had that breakfast program, music, it, very popular, but all of a sudden disappeared. Mm. How, did, how was that? How did that end up happening? Oh, how did it end up happening? It ended up happening, uh, I would say, due to a bunch of kind of corporate things that went on behind the scenes, you know. Um, ARN came in and bought the radio station in 2016, I think. Before then, we were still managed by Fairfax, who are the former owners of the Talkback Network that I now work on, um, the Nine Radio Group of um, Talkback stations. And so we were kind of like a sister station to 6PR, but Mm. we were the only commercial music station in a metro market that they owned. So they sort of, Fairfax didn't spend a lot of cash on promoting what we do back then, but Mm. when they did, it really bloody worked. One Mm. time we teamed up with Meerkats, Gavin Bain and his team there, to run this incredible campaign around Keep Real Music Alive. Ah. And that was the glory days, really, of my time at 96FM because the station went to number one for the first time in 20 years or something. Awesome. You know, we're on the front page of the West Australian, you know, the breakfast show was doing 12s we were just on fire and everyone in the station was singing from the same hymn book and if you ever want to any it doesn't have to be a radio station if you've got any business you just want to make sure everyone's on the same page in that building so that no matter where they go 
they represent your brand completely accurately. And at that time, in space, we were doing that. Now, Meerkats, Gavin Bain, big uh, big supporter of the Experts podcast. Yes. And, uh, I do know from him, and he's not he's no longer the Meerkats. It's like, oh, no, they're a new brand, like aren't they? Thompson, Tumberson or something like that. I don't that. remember he's, what it is either. He's still a Sorry. Meerkat to me. He's <laughs> great still, brand. Great yeah, brand. brand awareness. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> from the branding guy himself. It's, it's just one you can't remember <laughs> at the moment. He'll get it out. It's some Sydney mob. Mm. Um but I know, I know for a fact that he was really proud of that yeah. particular campaign and it was when 96FM was up and about. Yeah. What, how are you looking at it now? Because obviously 96FM, it's got uh, some some old hats that have yeah. returned and, and, and are doing very well. They're back on track. Yeah. So there was a time there when – and so what happened with the Meerkats campaign is that worked, then Fairfax went, job done, we'll stop spending money on it and they sold the radio station for a a lot of money. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of money to ARN. ARN came in with goals to make it a younger demographic radio station. They changed the show to be suddenly female skewed. After years and years and years of me telling my male skewed kind of 25 to 55 year old male audience, mm. oh, hey, here's the latest from the Foo Fighters and here's yeah. the latest that Neil Young is up to, you know, all that real classic kind of focused music and, and, and rock and alternative, to suddenly being asked to update them on Britney Spears' latest album. <laughs> oh, no. And playing Taylor Swift. Um, and I, ARN, <laughs> everyone there knows how I feel about that decision and how and everyone in the building felt the same way. They admitted they made a mistake, but in so doing, they also, yeah, shafted our show. Nothing wrong with Britney, though. Oops, I did it again. One of the greatest oh. film clips going around. Yeah, it is terrible. terrible. I'll yeah. pick Foo Fighters any day. Yeah. yeah, okay, men in the Target demo definitely liked the film clip, but yeah. if you played the song on the radio station... <laughs> they switch off. Yeah. I would. What's it like What's it like moving from music now to talk? Is it is it something that you had to learn? Is it something that you, you sort of had to embrace uh, yeah. as, 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 as the opportunity presented? Well, here's what happened. I, for the first time in seven years when I walked out the door at 96FM, I was able to listen to other radio stations. Yeah. So I did a whip around and listened to everyone for a little while and what they were doing in breakfast. And I became a genuine fan of Stephen Baz on 6PR. Loved, loved, loved. It wasn't the first time I'd been a 6PR listener. I only had an AM radio on my car when I was at uni. So back around the very early noughties, I drove around and listened to 6PR continuously. And yeah. uh, as a result, you know, had a news career and I loved and continue to love the news. So Stephen Baz made sense to me. I'm also a big Millsy fan. We work together yes. up in Kalgoorlie. Who doesn't love Millsy? Everyone loves him. Like, <laughs> he's my radio dad and it, it's so too familiar for him, I think. He hates that I probably say that. But um, <laughs> I, he is because he's just been there throughout my whole radio career. And he's he's made people like my parents feel really safe. And when I moved to Kalgoorlie, he's like, oh, look after you, girl, Dave. Oh, I'm getting emotional. Not just need a drink. <laughs> oh, fabulous. Oh. Oh. And, and you know what? And, and, and then they rang and I was like, yeah, I want to work there yeah that is that is gorgeous and we hear that a bit about Millsy and uh you, you're probably aware John Salvander who was the former program yeah. director at 6PR yeah, he uh, gave me my first kind of gig in Perth did he yes there you go. he gave me shifts producing John. on the weekends and stuff at and 6PR man of influence yeah. so I, I do know that uh, how well and highly regarded Millsy is mm. um, just even the way John speaks about him it's it's really quite a special it's gorgeous he's more than a radio person he's an as an outstanding human in mm. general he's, he, he he is WA isn't he I, oh yeah he is Mr WA through and through 
Yeah. You know, this weekend, I mean, in the world of this podcast, I'm probably talking to you in the future, but, you know, he's off to the Kalgoorlie races, which is where he raised his family and yeah. worked in so many different fields as an educator, as a radio presenter, as a bookie. You know, he just knows everything about regional WA. And yet if you walk down the streets of Sydney or, or Melbourne, there's no mm. one in the streets of Melbourne at the moment, but if you walk down the streets of Sydney, no one to know who he is. But no. how good, though? That's probably the way he likes it. Oh, he does. I think he does. Yeah, I think. I, not everyone would know who he is here either, I True. suppose. You know, that's one of the benefits of radio is you maintain that little little <laughs> hint of anonymity if you want it. What has been the challenges working in talk radio? What are the challenges that you've taken on? Yeah, it was incredibly challenging even that very first shift. I was brought in to do an afternoon shift and um, the nerves, you know, and that's how, that's my little rule of thumb in life. If you feel nervous doing something, you're definitely in the right place. Mm. Push harder, lean in even more. And I was really petrified. But... Over the years, I've learned to be incredibly candid with my audience and I just told them and they rang in their droves. That's what I love about Talkback Radio is that if the audience here you're kind of reaching and you need their help, they're like, oh, get on the phone and give her, a, give her someone to talk to. Yeah. You know, I love that about Talkback listeners. They're so incredible. And there were even listeners from 96FM who'd come over and kind of all were on both stations anyway. So were there to support me. Even my first shift, I got a phone call from the Premier. So, wow. how good is that? You it's know, bad. he rang me the day 96 of him sacked me. You know, so that's an awesome outcome to seven years of radio. You know, all through his opposition uh, tenure, he was coming to the radio station. Which premier was that? Was that? This is Mark McGowan. Mark McGowan. I mean, Mr. Mr. 90% or whatever it is. <laughs> I've got other thoughts on that now, Mark. Sorry. But <laughs> so but does Nick. <laughs> he's a stand up human in the respect that he developed a really, really genuine relationship with us um, at the breakfast show. You know, we rode side by side on the freeway bike hike together because I was the slow one. You know, <laughs> and he just hung back, talked to me about my history degree at UWA and. You know, all that stuff. He's really nice. So did you, I mean, moving from music to talk, I mean, mm. you, you've, you've embraced it. You, you, I'm loving the hearing that you, you love the engagement with audience though. Is it, is it, was it the kind of feel that, you know, you, you mentioned that you were nervous, you mentioned that it was unnatural for you, but was it something that you go, you know, am I, am I right for this? Is this, is this something that's going to work for me? Oh yeah. That's, that's imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, and um, I've had that same feeling of imposter syndrome as I've branched out into, sorry, the media training and the business world. Yeah. You know, I've thought, what, what what right do I have to be in that space if there's all these other broadcasters who've got, you know, 30 plus years of experience on my just under 20, you know, how dare I step into this space? But in the talkback world, I guess the thing is, you know, you have to remember I shared hallways with 6PR. Yep. For the seven years I was at 96. And before that, as I mentioned, I started my career there. So at radio school, I was educated in news by Chantel Tui, now Chantel Marshall, who yes. gave me my work experience in the newsroom. Awesome. I worked with Harvey Deegan and John Nichols and Andrew Glencross, and they all helped me learn to be a newsie. And then I went off and, you know, plied my craft and did my career all around regional WA and Australia. And came home. So in many ways, starting that afternoon and afternoon shift and then the launch of Weekend Breakfast, which is, you know, more than two years ago now, wow. was like coming home. Yeah, I, I love it. And you know what, Lana, the, the one thing that uh, um, particularly hearing Carmen say that is, you know, who am I to be doing this? Yeah. I, I remember talking to you, Carmen, when you first left 96FM, you are the perfect person to be going out and teaching people how to work with media. Exactly. How to embrace it and also to um, – because – 
you've been around those people. You've mm. been in that industry. You know what it takes. You've taken the hits. You've taken, uh, yeah. you know, pulled punches. You've had to do all the kind of things that uh, uh, media is not the nicest industry when you really get down to the <laughs> nitty gritty of it. It's <laughs> not, but it's also not to be feared. You know, if you yep. know a few simple things, you can really work it to your advantage. You just have to remember, well, I'll, I'll share my crucial tip at the end. That's called a hook, everyone. I'll share my <laughs> crucial tip. Hang around for the next 18 minutes. You've got to hear the hook. Let's hear yeah. it. But, you know, you really do just have to play the game and understand what they need from you, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's the ticket to the media. I, I love your show, um, Carmen, uh, the weekend breakfast show. I I think I've been on it twice. Yes, and yeah, when it was still breakfast and we've moved later in the day now, so we're a brunch. Oh, technically. yes. It yeah. was, I mean, I've done a bit of radio, but the it was quite dynamic and, yes. you know, being standing in the studio and for me, yeah, again, I think you're always learning, you can always get better and I really enjoyed the challenge of it being quite a, like, you know, there was, I think, one, uh, six people in the room, maybe <laughs> Five or six people in the studio. I'm sorry about that. No, it was great. I loved it, but it was it was a really different experience to what mm. I'd had in a studio before. But it it certainly made me level up a little bit. And I know our media stable experts that have also been on mm. the show. Um, you know, as a learning ground for for our people, I think it's yeah, it's it's an incredibly great slot. And the energy and the banter between you and Jenna, it's mm. ju- it just feels really genuine, and it doesn't feel like kind of boring weekend radio. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's our goal. You know, both of us have, are both extremely kind of driven and passionate people about our careers, you know, and it's really nice to work with someone like Jenna because he loves that process of review and kind of let what can we do better next time, which I'd gotten a bit slack about probably since I'd left 96. During my time there, I was very much that kind of focus. And, yep. and so he and I both have this attitude like it's not daggy to want to do better next week. Because it's it's not a it's not a side gig for either of us. It's our future, you know. I think General tell you he prefers radio. Yeah, um, well, he, yeah. Did, he, he did tell us. He did yeah. tell us that. And 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 don't be don't fear that you know Michael Genovese is an avid listener of the Experts podcast. <laughs> so everything you're saying to him is going back to him. But I love and to, to Lana's point, I love that dynamic that you both have. Yeah, you you do have. Um, also to that want to be the best you possibly can. And I think that really does come across. And I think it also, I think the audience really gets that and appreciates that as well. Yeah, but we also avoid very carefully over-preparing. So we're both, and look, and there's a difference. There's, you can be prepared which we both are, and you can over-prepare. Now, over-preparation is planning to the nth degree exactly who says what and when and punchlines and outs, and I don't want to do that anymore. All respect to my FM mates, but I don't want to be that set-up-and-knock-down punchline kind of, ha, 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 now you – well, how come you didn't give me the right in? No, no, no no more of that. (laughs) It sounds contrived, and I just much prefer to sound natural and fun. You can guarantee the expert podcast. (laughs) He's underprepared, (laughs) understrategic, no plans. (laughs) Understrategic. I'm going to jump in uh, uh, with that segue. Um, Carmen, you're a really busy MC as well. Mm. And I also saw a post just recently on your Instagram that you're – 
you know, now I guess seeing yourself as more of a speaker as well as being an MC and telling mm. your own personal story. I, I love that. I think that would be really inspiring to a lot of our listeners, but also your audience. Mm. Tell us more about that skill set and also the difference between MC and, and speaking and how it relates to media. Yeah, well, it's been really funny. Um, for years and years and years, I've worked as an MC out alongside broadcasting. In fact, before I even started broadcasting, I was a murder mystery party host and oh, time classic. travel party host, you know, and I, and awesome. I worked with Constable Care as a puppeteer and, 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 and presented those things. So I really have presented out and live in front of people more so than I have even broadcasting. So the MC work has come really naturally. But in spite of all that MC work and the corporate stuff and the fancy do's at night that I'd done, I still considered myself to not be a inverted commas public speaker. Mm. Yeah. And it was only like a week ago, really, uh, since I put that post up, that I that I realised that I was just telling myself this silly story about not being a public speaker mm. because I speak publicly all the freaking time. <laughs> um, yeah, not only that, you, you do tend to have a very big audience that yeah. you do on a radio. You see, is there a difference? That yeah. So what I'd done is I'd created a difference in my mind yeah. um, about what it's what it takes to stand up and speak about yourself. So yeah. MCing, you're a facilitator. It's not about you. You're the host. Much like on a radio show when you're interviewing other people, it is not about you. Yeah. You're about making the person who's in visiting your show as a guest the star. The caller is the star of Talkback Radio. It's not about me. When you stand up as a public speaker... It is about you. It's about you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the difference. And I, I've i been kind of toying with this idea, because I have a story outside of radio and, and, and television, that I would like to tell. And I think it's going to be very powerful and it's important more people hear my story. Because when I have told bits and pieces of my story, I've helped people who have been through the same things as me. But I'd built this wall up around telling that story in a public speaking setting and I have recently been able to throw it down and just say, hang on, all you need to do is talk. Yep. You Love just it. have to be authentic and be you. And yeah, and the training I'm doing with people these days is almost teaching me in turn how to do that. What was the fear like? Was it fear that was driving that, that yeah. not being a public speaker? Was it? It's fear of being seen in an unpolished setting, yep. potentially. Totally hear that. It's a bit yeah. of vulnerability. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of maybe control, you know, wanting to feel like I'd controlled things to the nth degree. And then I sort of started to realise that recently in my career, the best radio I've done has been a little less controlled. Yeah. And, you know, the best moments have been a lot more vulnerable. And the best moments I'm seeing from my clients that I coach in confidence on camera, which is sort of a whole other step away from, you know, media training is about learning to be a great interview. As a confidence on camera coach, I'm training people to be the TV presenter yeah. to themselves, yep. you know, to be the host. And when they're at their best, they're just being authentic and telling their own stories. It was just like this penny dropped. I'm like, why don't I just do that? Take some of your own medicine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and look, really, really strong messages for everyone that's listening here. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think we, we do try to be a little bit too perfect mm -hmm. or try to be too controlled. Yeah. And for the experts that are listening to this t today is that 
you know, you, you, you've got to show a little bit of vulnerability. You've got to show a little bit of human nature, human, you know, who you are, what and what you do and what you stand for, because that's what's really appealing. It is. It's not that robotic, controlled, perfect answer that we're looking for. Some people put too much pressure on themselves to do that. I mean, look at this. This is a complete unpolished performance here today. <laughs> and, I can't a- be- and I've just learned out that I'm not the star of this show. <laughs> we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, in case. We do. We do. <laughs> but it only does good things for the brand. You know, it just shows more... Um, um, more of your audience, what it's like to work with you. Yes. And that's a good thing. And it means that the leads you get are only people who already love you. How amazing is that? Imagine the utopia of only taking phone calls from customers who have already seen everything there is to know about you <laughs> and in spite of that have still gone, oh, I like that chick, I'm going to work with her. Oh, you it's, know? it's such good a good calls. point. Yeah, yeah, it's- I- well, I just want to quickly ask a question because I know Bryce Steele will be listening to this. He likes everything that you do. <laughs> and that we what, do, What's your relationship case? there with him? <laughs> well, Bryce Steele and I, the, um, the Hi, managing Bryce. director, Hi, Bryce, of um, the Swimming Pool and Spa Association of WA, and we've become really good friends. Yeah. And it's all started from a very early meeting after I walked out at 96FM where he said, oh, we need someone to MC the Swimming Pool Expos each year. In fact, there are two of them a year. Um, we want to do a bunch of video content with you talking about the benefits of owning a pool. I'm like, I don't own a pool. Can you get me? No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I did the video content and we did a bunch of that. And throughout that process, that's been going on now for close to three years. And so I've been working with them so much, I guess, that as a result, you know, he's gotten to know my husband. I've gotten to know his wife. Last night we were out for dinner having oysters with Jerry Fraser and they're awesome. She's got a lot in common and um, yeah. we hang out now. Oh, geez, I like Sounds that. flash. Well, you've got to have – I mean, because <laughs> you, know, you do notice certain promoters and people that are interested in what you do and I think, you know, and that's great because um, – it's it's what it's what defines us. What brings us out of the you know the, the norm. Hey, can you just give me a little bit of like the confidence in camera um, piece that you do? I, I think one of the things that one of my greatest fears is putting me a camera in front of it because yeah. I just I am not a control freak. Really? I, yeah. I, I the first time I ever did TV, I, I, I can tell you, if you, I, my heart literally was jumping out of my. Wow, my, I never knew that. Oh, in case. I was frightened of it because me I too. too. I, I too didn't want to, you know, upset or disappoint. What is what is the what's what's one of the best tips you can give to to work in front of a camera mm. that takes away that fear or takes away that that the sense fear of is uncontrol? Universal. The the fear of a camera is quite profound, and it's leading me towards some other work that's going to help people with their confidence in more general terms. Uh, you can put a camera up in a room full of women and watch women duck and weave in order to avoid it. That <laughs> human behaviour, yep. and men will do the same. Uh, it's actually more than just women. You know, it, it really is a quite a profound human behaviour, the way we avoid a, any future confrontation with what we look like. Yeah. And why do we do that? Because that's just how the world sees us. Why will, People don't walk up to us and go, oh, God, look at you, you're a bit fat. Oh, my God, you've got a double chin. How dare you take yourself out in public? But why Why do we say that about ourselves? Right. And I think that the fear comes from that. I think the fear also comes from the fear of stuffing up, you know, yeah. that, yep. that being exposed as not being as polished and perfect as we were talking about before, mm. as you think you need to be to be an X, Y, Z, to be a person who's a media trainer or a person who is in business. So that fear and um, that comes from being on camera is a control thing as well. 
And so I guess the tip that I that I think is the, the holy grail tip for um, confidence on camera is to look into the lens, particularly if you are speaking into the lens mm. and not being interviewed off camera, and just pretend that the lens is the eyes of someone you love. Uh, ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it sounds, <laughs> sounds a little woo-woo. Um, no, I'm just thinking of the people that I do love, yeah. No, yeah good. But it is. It's, just think about that person yep. that you really like. You can like them a lot. You don't have to love them if you don't want to. Um, <laughs> Particularly if you've just had a fight that morning. <laughs> yeah. Probably is not the interview that you're looking for. But, but that's I the get person you're, you're most authentic around. Yeah. You know, if it's your mum, if it's, you know, a best friend. And I work with people who I say, okay, now just do it as if you're telling your best friend. Yep. And their personality that will have been so reserved in this room full of people for minutes and minutes and hours and hours and then suddenly as soon as we say that just pretend the camera is your best friend wow and they will suddenly go hey girl and it's like wow <laughs> like where did you come from and so oh, that's me i was like well it's nice to meet you welcome <laughs> well, I, look I, I love that and that's really good advice for everyone that is dealing with either tv news mm. um programs and, th- and on, on, because you've also got a um a background in programs, uh, uh, tourist programs and mm. TV. You get to go to all the great places and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. for like 30 minutes to film something really quickly, make it look gram- glamorous and then leave. But, yes, I do. Do you, yeah. do you get any time to wind down? <laughs> oh, we have a little bit. You yeah. know, the, of, of like all media, um, the, you know, the productions around travel in Australia are held uh, very, very tightly. You know, yeah. there's just not a lot of budget and a lot of time, you know. But I love the job so much. I really do enjoy the work. And um, and I the trade off is that I I don't get to spend a lot of time in these beautiful places we get to go to, but I get lots of plans for the future. Yeah, uh, I love it, love it, <laughs> Lana. I mean that confidence in front of a camera. I mean you you were like a duck to water, but did you feel that um, that stress, that that pain, the, the, the oh my god, am I going to stuff it up? Sort of I, moment. I did. Um, I've done. I I was trained in singing, and so I've done a lot of on stage ah, stuff. And you just, as you said, Carmen, the nerves are universal. You get that feeling. I used to suffer really badly from getting a dry mouth, like mm. as dry as the Sahara Desert. There's nothing in there, oh, and you God. can hear it when mm. you've got a microphone up to your mouth. Yeah. But I think once you kind of just know that. That is the feeling I'm going to get. Yeah. And you're okay with it and you can sit with it. And as much as you can't totally be in control, it's a familiar pain mm. in a way. It's getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, you know? exactly. And the work I do one-on-one out of my lounge room via Zoom with clients all over Australia and even in New Zealand. I have a client in New Zealand. So can I say I'm like the Southern Hemisphere's You can uh, say whatever you want. Coach? I don't know. You can take it all. You've got it. But, but the work I do with these clients, I very often remind them that it's really just about practice. So we get on Zoom and we practice, practice, practice them presenting something to me and ploughing through, even if they are feeling uncomfortable, you know, and that's the trick to getting better at something like that. And so that when you are doing it for realsies, um, you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach and go, well, that's okay. I'm familiar with that. I know what it is. I can reframe it and I'm just going to get on with this and be myself. Yeah, it's a public speaking thing too. You know, yeah. it's that, and as you say, you just have to plough through it, and mm. 
you know, sometimes I think I've had it a couple of times where I haven't been that nervous before a before a TV thing or a, a radio thing, and I'm thinking, no, hang on, Lana, you're getting too comfortable here, mm-hmm. and then the nerves will kick back in, and, and but you use it; it's the adrenaline, yeah. it's, and I think it's a, also a form of respect to what what it is that you're doing and to the audience. It means that you it have. matters to you exactly. Correct. Exactly. And it should matter to you. If you're doing stuff every day that doesn't matter to you because you don't get nervous, if your body is telling you this doesn't matter anymore, have a rethink. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. If you don't have those nerves, you aren't. You don't care anymore. Yeah. Go home. Go, yeah, home. go find another thing. <laughs> go quit your job and start pottery or something. You've right. got to do something new. Now, we're <laughs> going to ask a few personal questions here. Uh, Michael Genovese, you, you mentioned him. He's your co-host. You, you, you've got a, a remarkable uh, on-air presence. What's he really like off-air? <laughs> Oh, um, tired. Tired. He's, he's one of the busiest persons so running around busy. in media, isn't he? Yeah, he's tired. Um, he's very focused and yep. quiet. We both work the same way like that. We're both not really the sort of person who runs around the radio station and go, hey, what's happening with you? Let's talk. What's happening? You know, we don't do that. We both come to work, read the paper, get ourselves across what's going on. We're both very similar approach to work together. One day Fitzy, my old co-host, right, he came to me to work after, I don't know, two or three years working together. He's like, you've never asked me how my weekend was. <laughs> and I'm like, but I've got no time for that. And yeah. and so that's the difference. No, like Fitzy and I are still amazingly great Our friends. There's no issue. Fitzy. Love Fitzy. But th- we're very different like that. So Fitzy will come into a radio station, he'll come in anywhere and he'll make everybody in the building feel like they're best friends. <laughs> yeah. you know, he is just so kind and gracious and friendly, loves a, yeah, a chat, you yes. know, just wants to come in and chew your ear off and he wants to hear what you've been up to. And I learned that I had to factor that 10 minutes into my day yeah. to come in and <laughs> just go, so how are the kids? The What's Fitzy happening? time. Bitter, bitter bonding. And I'm like, I personally, I'm like, we could do that on air. We don't yeah. have to do that off air. We've got things to do. But you have to learn to work with the people that you work with at the time. And so Michael is, by contrast, far more quiet and focused off air. He's just going to get the job done. Um, uh, he's, he's fun and friendly, supportive. You know, he's always supported me in anything I've asked him to help me out with. Um, and by the same token, he's always more than happy to hear my advice for anything he's working on. Now, you, you mentioned the Cairo now and then mm. on air. The yes. Cairo. He's Lampy. Lampy. <laughs> he's he's pretty, got a new nickname he's now. He's pretty well known around Perth just because you drop his name every now and then. I guess so. But that is but that is you giving to your audience though too. It's more yeah. than just you broadcasting. You, you're giving them a bit of Carmen Braidwood. Of course it is. You know, that's how I refer to my husband. You know, so it's um, it's stories from home. You, you must share those personal elements of who you are. It's how your audience get to know what you stand for, like you're talking about before, yep. and what to expect from you. Um, How so does he yeah. feel about it? <laughs> oh, he's a fame whore. He doesn't mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, he's. Oh no, he's fine. Um, uh, there's been maybe the odd occasion where I've told some story, but you know, to be honest, he barely hears it. Often he'll be out at work already, and I'm still, you know. Carrying on about yeah. something he's said or done, and it's all his patients at the Cairo clinic. So he's a chiropractor. His name is not Cairo, to those wondering, because that ha- that confusion has been um, <laughs> has been a thing in the past. But no, his patients will come in and go, "Whoa, yeah. <laughs> guess what Carmo said about you this morning?" He's like, "Oh yeah," and we've go. never had an argument about something said on radio about him. I, I do, lo- I, do awesome. I do love it though, Lana, because it does bring out that personal side, and and that's where mm. I think audiences connect. 
a lot. Hey, we're, we're almost done. We're almost done. We've got to go to the news. Oh, what? Yeah. The news. <laughs> beep, beep. Here beep, it comes. Yeah. Beep. But we, we want to ask you a question because I think there's mm. some outstanding insights there into just being a little bit calm, have a bit more confidence with media, and I think just be yourself. I think that's yeah. been the real strong messages that have come. But is, if there is, is there a piece of advice you can yeah. give us that you uh, sort of uh, alluded to 18 minutes ago? Yes. What's this hook? <laughs> what have you got for us, Carms? The biggest thing that I would say to anybody attempting to engage the media is it's hard to hear, but it's not about you. Yes. It is about the audience. Hallelujah. Okay. You're saying it's not about me. (laughs) Sorry, 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 Nick. Nick. What's in it for my audience? (laughs) Don't waste my time on my show. Sorry to be frank. This is good. But don't waste my time on my show. If you want to come on and just plug your next workshop or plug your this or plug that, I don't want a show full of plugs and neither does my audience. Yes. It does not win ratings and I probably won't ask you back unless I'm absolutely freaking desperate or I'm just trying to do a favour to Nick. So... (laughs) Please, it's not about you, it's about the audience. And it's the same as when you're dealing with your clients, I imagine. Think about it. When you're you're seeing your patients or your clients or your person that you help as a service provider in any industry, you don't go in there and make it all about you. You make it about them. And this is the same kind of exchange. Great advice, Lana. Boom. I'm so thrilled. Yeah, let's just drop drop it. These mics are locked (laughs) into the tables. Beautiful advice. And I think that is a strong message that we do, particularly from Media Stable's perspective. It's never about you. It's about the audience. And it's what you can offer, yeah. your advice. Add value. The, add value, correct. Be part, of the, you know, be part of the conversation. You'll be rewarded as the person that was giving the value. Yeah, exactly. And you won't see the leads come in the, the day you, as you walk out of the radio station or you hang up the phone. It's not about that. It's about the continual awareness of you and your brand and when the time comes, the leads will come. Beautiful. Save the best till last. It did. Well, she did <laughs> allude to it 18 minutes ago, that hook. It kept everyone online. Oh, hey, my, my hooks deliver. We've got to finish up. If comes, <laughs> if people want to get in contact with you, if they want to get some media training, how mm. do they go about it? Uh, find me at carmenbraidwood.com.au. If you can't spell my name, it's lots of little words. Car-men-braid-wood. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm. Clever. He's very good. Does that help? It does. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming into the Experts Podcast. That's been brilliant. And uh, we look forward to chatting to another expert or another media personality there. Lana, you you got anyone in mind for next week? Oh, question without notice. Always questions without notice, of course. There's a very long list, actually. Yeah, we've got a a fair few coming through. (laughs) That's code for I haven't planned it yet. Yeah, no, we we haven't. completely unscripted. (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining us. Look forward to having your company next week when we talk to another media or another expert. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.